um, if people have chronic fatigue, if they have fibromyalgia, if they have PCOS, if they have mystery weight gain, if they have autism, if they have ADHD, all of these things, he really addresses and talks about what the underlying cause is and how to heal it instead of how to mask it. Yeah. And it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal, his information. I highly recommend him. And so with people, when I work with them, I do incorporate medical medium practices and herbs into their diet. And I've seen, I've just seen so many, two, you know, great examples of women who have really practiced the lifestyle that he recommends and healed from the most insane chronic illnesses. Hi everyone, welcome to Now Boarding, a new travel podcast by me, Payal Nair. This show aims at creating awareness about ecotourism, sustainable tourism, responsible travel, and a lot more. We will cover stories and journeys of people who are ecotourism specialists and those who are leaders in their field. We will also be talking to people who have had unique travel experiences, remarkable conceptual places to stay, unexplored cultures and ancient histories of various towns and cities around the world. Join me in this journey of knowing more about travel. Get inspired to see the world and discover your inner self. Hi everyone. Today I am in conversation with Michelle Deborah. Michelle is an advocate for a raw vegan diet and she's also a health coach. Uh, Michelle is talking to me from Florida and so we've we've actually got this um, 12 hour <laughs> time difference. So she's so radiant this morning and um, well I'm I, I'm radiant as well, I think. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I am so happy to be here and on this podcast. I think it's amazing what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so Michelle, let's start um, a little bit with your background. Um, which part of the U.S. are you from? And, you know, a little bit about your childhood before we um, sort of start talking about, you know, what you are currently doing and how yeah, it's would... a part of your life as well. Yeah, um, I was, I'm actually um, a missionary kid. My parents were missionaries to Peru and I was born there and raised there for 17 years. So very international global mindset. Um, I came back to the United States uh, because we had to, my whole family moved or I would have stayed probably, but it was the best thing for me. Um, I was 17 and we were at a very small school and I did so much better with coming back to a big school with lots of people because I was outgoing and I wanted to do activities. So by the time we left, everything was kind of narrowing down and less, more and more people were leaving. And I would have been like the only one in my class. Um, so that wasn't very good yeah. for like my quality of life. Yeah, it was yeah. the best for me for sure. Yeah. And I did my senior year in the United States. And then I took a year off. Um, I went to England for a semester and then I started a college and I did four years and that was all in North Carolina and then I lived there in North Carolina for I think about 10 no it was 12 years 12 years in North Carolina and then um me and my sister who was also working in North Carolina at the time thought you know these jobs aren't really serving us anymore we're cold all the time we're used to the weather where it's warm let's <laughs> move to Florida and we literally moved to Florida for the heat, for the for the sunshine, for the weather. And we just looked up best cities to live in in Florida and picked one. Where we're are in you? St. Peter. Sorry, where are you? St. Petersburg. Okay. St. Petersburg. Yeah. It is wonderful here. It is sunny all the time. Um, the coast kind of shelters the heat. So we we do kind of keep, as far as Florida goes, more um, ambient temperatures. It only gets up to 95. It doesn't go above 100 or in a lot of places like Orlando and um, South South Florida, they can get really hot temperatures and we typically don't. 
So that's like a summer in Charlotte anyway, or in DC, they can get yeah. above a hundred in those yeah. areas and it doesn't yeah. get above a hundred, but it can get hot and muggy. Um, but we say the glorious heat because <laughs> we were at least not in the cold. Yeah. And that was awesome for been, us. I guess you've also been used to it because of, you know, 17 years of your life. Uh, you, yes. You kind of, it, it, it you get a, acclimatized to a certain kind of weather mm -hmm. and I can understand that and I know a lot of people who are actually um, you know who live um, up north or who live in in New York um, you know are kind of uh, finding their second home in Miami so that or somewhere generally in Miami but also other parts of Florida just to get away from uh the very very severe winters so yeah no good of you for having uh, made that decision very early on in your in your life so um okay so let's kind of move on a little bit um in fact totally to um how uh to veganism and whether this was something that um you know, um, came to you naturally? How did you decide to uh, make that a way of life? Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a really interesting story in that I was throughout my whole life from five years old to when I first became and heard of veganism, I was sick. Um, and I didn't even know it because I'd had it so, like you said, when we get acclimatized or, uh, you know, accustomed to something, we don't realize that it's different. And my whole life I had asthma. I had skin histamine issues where I would scratch my skin and it would just be red welts as if I'd been eaten by ants. Um, I had a really low immune system. I was sick six or seven times a year. And because of the asthma, those bouts of sickness lasted about two weeks long. So, you know, half the year I'm sick with congestion and flu-like symptoms. And then um, anytime I would have asthma, you know, I often had to be pulled out of PE or not be able to participate in field day. Um, it was just to the point where, and, and overseas I, I had medical care, but it wasn't necessarily, I would say anywhere in the world, have the doctors have not given me the, any insight into the treatment that I really needed, which was inflammatory and anti-inflammatory diet. So, um, so I wasn't getting expert care. Um, you know, it was all emergency care. I was on inhalers probably three times a day. And then I was also on, um, albuterol nebulizers, I, um, I had to go to doctors and get adrenaline shots, uh, shot up when I was really, really low. You know, I was tracking my peak flow three times a day. Um, it was a really severe case. And by the time I went up to the United States and I, my doctor took my oxygen levels and I think it was like a 90 in the nineties, but very low nineties. And, and I was like, yeah, this actually is kind of a good day. I'm breathing pretty well. And he was like, this is not a good day. You are in this is emergency amounts of oxygen in your body. And I was like, oh, whoa, I'm, this has been normal for me my entire life. And um, they put me on Advair. And Advair is a corticosteroid. And they said, you'll just be on a corticosteroid for the rest of your life. And that's what all doctors said. Here's a medication and you're just gonna take it for the rest of your life because we don't know if you'll ever grow out of it. And corticosteroid, this Advair has only been tested for six months, but they prescribe it for life. So what doctors are doing, who really knows? Yeah. But um, I took it and actually for four years, it worked. I was able to exercise. I started leading hikes. I started, um, I was able to get a health degree and um, was able to, you know, take PE and do all the exercise and physical activity. I was working out all the time. Um, but with the need, I tried to go off of it and was hospitalized. So uh, due to just a, the worst asthma attack I had ever had. So it was like this binding, you'll either have to take this forever 
you can never go off of it because if you go off of this medication, you will be extremely sick. And then um, that's where I was at. I was just forced to take this medication. It was $200 a month. Um, that was after insurance. And that's somebody's grocery bill, you know, in the United States. That's, that's, and, that's and, a lot of money. Yeah. And for it to be, um, you know, firstly, okay, $200 a month. But if you're going to have to do this for your entire life, and it's like, it's a dependency, um, mm -hmm. which, um, you know, which, because you yourself, mentioned that as soon as you got off it and you were trying to wean off it you were hospitalized mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah no that's um i mean it's, it's it, scary it, yeah it's it fear-based um yeah so at that point i uh probably two years later i was in college my senior year and i watched a documentary called forks over knives and it talked about a plant-based diet. And for me that registered because I was in a health degree and it talked about the longevity of chronic illnesses being reduced if you eat more fruits and vegetables and less animal proteins. So they talked about limiting dairy, meat, eggs, and oils. And I thought, oh, I can do that. So at first I cut out meat and I was like, okay, um, this is easy. Like, this isn't very hard. And then I was like, let me try cutting out dairy. So a couple months later, I cut out dairy. And then all of a sudden, after cutting out dairy, um, the majority of my illnesses that were creating this cyclical effect of the asthma, every time I would get a cold or flu-like symptoms, I would get an asthma attack on the back end of that. And so all of a sudden, I stopped getting sick. So I didn't have the asthma attack on the back end of that because it was all cyclical. So I was like, wow, I'm not getting sick anymore. And I actually felt my immune system be stronger for the first time. I remember actually taking a deep breath for the first time and feeling it come to, to here instead of, you know, to here. And I was like, wow, this diet is actually what I've needed my entire life. Yeah. And nobody's told me but I know that if I stick on this way of life by eating fruits and vegetables, a plant-based diet, I will not need to take my medication for the rest of my life. And I called my mom and I told her, hey, I think I'm going to wean off the medication again. And of course, she's scared because the last time I did that, I was hospitalized. Yeah. But I did it under the care of a, one of the doctors at, at, the, um, at the university. And I'm actually surprised at this point that he said, oh, sure, try it. Because most doctors are like, no, no, no. Like, they're so fear-based. You better stay on that. Um, but I was able to go off of it and I haven't taken that medication since. And it's been about 10 years. Uh, so wow. um, just the impact of a plant-based diet on healing the body when people have mystery illnesses or chronic illnesses, it's often something I recommend to try eating fruits and vegetables. They have so much healing power they're gonna reduce the inflammation. A lot of disease is caused by the inflammation in the body and your body just not being able to rest. Yeah. And then and the acids produced by that and clearing that out of the body and then healing that aspect because you're getting the vitamins and minerals that are living into your cells. Your body is gonna get, you're flooding your body with everything it needs to finally heal. Yeah. So that's how we started out. Wow. Okay. So, and, and so just, um, you know, if you could, uh, I mean, I understand it, but for people who don't, uh, the difference between being a vegetarian, being a vegan, um, mm -hmm. and when you say a plant-based diet, what mm -hmm. exactly, um, do you mean? What are, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what does the, the diet actually include? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for everybody listening, uh, a vegetarian or a, a lacto-ova vegetarian means they, they don't eat meat, but they'll still eat eggs and dairy. And then there's a pescatarian, they eat fish. They include fish, but they don't eat red meat, pork, or chicken, or that's, other that's meat. Me. That's me. Yes, I'm pescatarian. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. We're Mediterranean uh, lifestyle. 
And then a, um, a vegan chooses to also include not eating anything from an animal at all. And it's not necessarily a diet as much as there are vegans that um, it includes not wearing leather, uh, not um, going to zoos. There, it's a whole it's a whole mindset of I'm not going to participate or spend my dollars where an animal might be suffering. So they don't buy products that have been tested on animals, um, but they also don't eat um, any kind of meat, fish, dairy, eggs, or even honey. And then, um, and then also it goes on into their in on and on into their lifestyle of where they also don't participate in animal cruelty. And then at the and then plant based is also very similar to vegan. They don't eat um, eggs, dairy, or meat, um, but, and they eat, but they also don't eat junk food. So it's more of the, the advocacy for a healthier plant, a healthier vegan diet. So vegans can still eat Oreos and drink beer and just chug canola oil if they want to, because it's all vegan, but a, <laughs> but a plant-based, <laughs> person um will eat fruits vegetables and what that nuts. does to your heart what that does to your heart yes it's completely yeah uh, yeah cancels out <laughs> being vegan yeah yeah exactly oh and then it's just i i see it as i don't advocate for a junk food lifestyle whatsoever um although i believe that not eating animals and not eating the dairy especially for people is huge to people's health um, but I also advocate for eating the non-processed fruits and vegetables, fruits, vegetables, nuts and seeds, seaweeds, um, and fungi, mushrooms are what I always say. I always include the mushroom family, the seaweed family. All of those are really amazing. So how do you think um, the, you know, because if vegans are not eating dairy and, you know, I can understand meat, but how do they supplement um you know when it comes to proteins because you you do need the right amount of protein in your mm -hmm. diet on a daily basis right so mm -hmm. how, yeah how, absolutely. how they supplement it um i believe that a lot of people are um over supplementing protein so i think that there's two things that need to happen first is adjusting the mindset of how much you really need and then the second is making sure that you get that right amount. So um, in the beginning, if people are wondering, oh, I need, I, I think that they say I need 1.5 grams of protein per pound of my body. Well, that ends up being what, you know, 150 grams of protein for someone in their lifestyle. And I know plenty of bodybuilders that are doing less than that. The mindset behind that though is, once you build the proteins are the building blocks of the cells. So if you are bodybuilding, you are tearing down and building back up cells, uh, muscle cells. Yeah. Um, and everybody is tearing down and building up muscle cells every day of their lives, even if they're not bodybuilders. But if you, if when you build your house, you start from a baby to when you're from, from a baby to one years old is the fastest time in your life that you'll, you'll grow. You'll actually double in size. And then from, uh, I think, one years old to two years old, you'll grow maybe two thirds more. Um, but it's the fastest growth. So the most protein is going into your body at that age. And then once you get to the point where you're 12, 13, 14, you're pretty much full sized and your body has stopped. Like that's where your house is built. So I believe that I truly believe that if you if you think of a, the image of building a home, you know, you bring her in a lot of materials until it's built. But once it's built, if you kept on bringing in wood and paneling and shingles and all this to build more, it's not going to actually do anything. Your body's just going to kind of be like, okay, this is enough. Like we are already built. We're going to just flush it out through the kidneys. Yes, it's going to just reject it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So oftentimes people are overdoing protein and it's just getting washed out through the kidneys because their body doesn't need more of the building blocks. Their body is already built. Um, but yes, we do need some protein and um, 
there it's in every fruit and vegetable every fruit and vegetable proteins build the shape of anything so anything with a shape has proteins in it so bananas have protein in it as much as tofu has protein in it broccoli spinach and kale um the greens and legumes and like tofu and those things are heavier in protein, but there's also protein in watermelon, even though watermelon is very a light food, a very fruit, fruity food, um, it has protein in it as well. So when you're eating the volume of plants you have to eat to consume the right amount of calories, um, you will get enough protein in your body as far as what you need. Um, if, you're, if you've stopped eating animal proteins, if you get enough calories on plants, that that amount of calories that's enough will have the amount of protein in it that you need and i like to balance it out i like to incorporate legumes as well as grains sometimes i'll sprout grains i don't do as well on like cooked grains or corn but um if i am incorporating grains back into my life i do like to sprout them mm-hmm. um and i um I eat rice at times too, but I just don't do very well on grains. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm grain free because it doesn't do very well. But when I sprout grains, I actually do great on it. Sprouted oats, sprouted, um, uh, what's the, it's crunchy, buckwheat. Yeah, buckwheat. I love it. Yeah, buckwheat. Sprouted yeah. buckwheat. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. there's different grains. You essentially have, yeah, you have uh, grains. I mean, that's what I, that's what, you know, my husband and I um, have mm-hmm. incorporated in our diet. We don't have wheat. Um, so it's it's millet, it's buckwheat, it's it's mm-hmm. the alternatives, which are equally mm-hmm. um, tasty, delicious. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, in terms of the nutritional value, um, it's not any different. In fact, it's probably more, you know, uh, than... Yeah. Um, than um your wheat and your rice and and that so yeah so i think um no it's true i think there's so much uh with food um like there's so much available um if there's choice um you just need to be able to research and um be able to find things that are um have have more nu- nutrient values in 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 whatever it is, and at the same time, it's it's healthier, it's better for your body, you know. Um, mm-hmm. the impact is different. So yeah, no, absolutely. I kind of um, I understand what you're saying because um, I'm you know I we really believe in which is why I was really interested in talking to you as well because um, you know I could get because you're a professional health coach um and I you know I was excited to hear some insights that I'm probably not aware of <laughs> so um yeah. so tell me as a health coach what is it that you actually um do so you kind of work with your clients um mm-hmm. Um, so do you have do you do diet plans do you um, look at their body type uh, or if they have any kind of inflammation in their body or if they're sick um, you plan accordingly um, you know just just a little insight on what it is that um, yeah, I'd love to what you would do yeah all of my um, all of my long-term coaching has been online, but I also have had people in these mini retreats where people can come in. Um, I would love to do one in an Airbnb, but oftentimes my sister is travel nursing. And so when she's travel nursing, I use her room as an Airbnb and I host someone who wants to come in and spend the weekend with me. And we prepare all the foods hands-on and they get to, they get a diet plan for themselves and they get to to know what to eat, they get all of my eBooks and they get all of the recipes. And then I, and in there is a, is a diet plan if they wanted to make them all. And, um, and they would get to see how every single thing is made. Cause a lot of times it's not necessarily the, oh, I know what I need to do, but it's the, what does your fridge look like? What does a grocery tour look like? 
What does your plate look like once you've made it? How long does this take to make? How can I meal prep? All these questions get to be answered as they ask and cater it to exactly what their lifestyle looks like going home. And, and we troubleshoot some, some things as they're, as they, um, you know, in their life, what would work best for them. And so that's always been really fun working hands-on with people, but I also work um, online with people. And with that, I have a questionnaire and we really dig deep into what their chronic illnesses are. Typically people come to me and they have already have one or two chronic illnesses. Um, I have also worked with people who just want lung, they don't necessarily have chronic illnesses, but they want longevity of life. And they wanna make sure that they're doing the right things now to avoid the chronic illnesses later on in life. And they would just want to double check. Like I've had someone that's like, you know, I just want to make sure I'm on the right track because a lot of my friends around me are getting sick right now in their fifties. Um, and so that was really exciting too, to know like, Hey, you're on the right track, do this, do this, tweak this here and there, and then just keep on going in that direction. And, uh, you know, you're doing great. So that's really awesome. And then, but most of my clients will have some sort of chronic illness, whether that's, um, I had a, uh, I've worked with a diabetic, I've worked with um, someone with PCOS and insulin resistance. And a lot of those times, those, those, um, those symptoms are all in one, all in one, like it's a big bundle. Like it's not just one chronic illness, but it's often just the whole body and different systems, whichever one is weakest in your body, is going to be the one showing the most symptoms right then but it is really the inflammation all over that's happening and oftentimes it's mystery weight gain as well so i work with people that are like i've i've done all the things you know i exercise i i walk i eat right and i'm still having trouble losing weight and that all has to come back to if your body is still trying to deal with an illness you'll have mystery weight gain because your body is still just trying to reduce the inflammation, get back under control, and you're inflamed. A lot of it sometimes is even water weight. I mean, I see people when they, and, and myself included, when I was able to just address the, the stagnant liver issues and the, and the, um, just the inflammation, just the, just the, you know, just reducing the junk food, cutting out alcohol, cutting out caffeine, those things all just let your system relax. And then the weight will typically come off at that point once your body is in a healing mode. So um, that's always really exciting to see. And I've seen it in myself. And um, so we, we go over what their chronic illnesses are. And then the diet plan is often the same because it has to be a low fat, diet in order to work a high fat diet will be really stagnant on your liver it will really your liver it will bog down your liver and your liver is the organ that you really want to support to help flush everything out of the body and the lymphatic yeah. system as well yeah so we get them on a low fat diet and then um i always i like to say a low fat high raw diet i often find success when people switch over to fruits instead of grains um, instead of getting your calories from heavy, heavy plant proteins, and even uh, vegetables often are easier to eat when you have some sort of dressing on them. So I always say like a fruit meal, you know, I always do a smoothie in the morning, take your supplements with your smoothie. But do I a big question, yeah, I have a question here for you. Um, with a fruit because I've also noticed that you talk a lot about juicing from when I was researching you um, my understanding is one is that if you have a lot of fruit um, the sugar the fructose is you know the content is really really high and um, which may not necessarily be good for you and also um, I mean correct me if my understanding is is um, is wrong that even with juicing because it's in fact people recommend that it's better for you to have uh, the fruit as a whole rather than uh, than juicing because you know it kind of um, it's it's all the fructose which is um, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what the term is juiced out or you know it's um, 
it's uh, it's all there. Then it just becomes concentrated sugar. So um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if there are different. I mean, obviously, with with food and with diet and with you know um, with there's always different theories and people have a different uh, approach to to um, to the way they've uh, they've researched. Um, so yes. I don't know if, I mean, please, if you disagree, please just go ahead and correct me. But this is the yeah, that, that. that I have. Yeah. Um, I do have a juicer and I, I love my juicer. I don't use it every day, but it's built to be used every day. It has a big hamper in it and you can just load in your whole batch of juice and it will just juice everything and you can walk away. Um, because it has a little stopper and it'll stop when it's done. Um, it's amazing. Um, but I typically will only juice. I, I'm not much of a fruit juicer. Um, I will juice a pineapple juice or orange juice or um, watermelon juice. And oftentimes that will, will, that will be a special occasion when we're adding a sparkling water to it. And it's like a mocktail. Um so that's for a brunch or something like that is when I will juice pineapple juice or orange juice. Um, and it's just, it's kind of a more of a special occasion. What I do love about juicing um, is celery juice is very impactful for people, especially first thing in the morning, if they're suffering from any chronic illness, it's really awesome to rebuild the hydrochloric acid in their stomach. And that can help fight off pathogens. So they're, they're building their immune system through their gut. Um, and it's also helping with their viral load. So I love celery juice as far as juicing goes. And I love juicing greens. And I often throw an apple in there just to, just to make it palatable. And then a lemon as well. And that just really cuts out the, the earthy side of the greens. If you have a problem with um, like juicing kale and you're like, oh, this is really gross. Throw in some citrus, a, a citrus note and like a little bit of sweet. And it's awesome so I'll throw those in as far as like just to make it an enjoyable juice but I really don't juice a lot of fruit um I have done a couple extended juice yeah so um my my understanding of juicing uh fruit uh is not wrong it it doesn't to me I agree with you I believe that fruit is designed to be eaten in its whole form the the sugars they've done studies um i think the study i read was on blueberries that they just tested fructose by itself in the body which is high fructose corn syrup they tested what does that and it was it was inflammatory and then they tested fructose when it's in the form of a fruit and they said that because the fructose was protected by all these other aspects antioxidants fiber it because it came in the package of what fruit is that it was actually beneficial for the body. So I do believe that there is a difference between extracting the fructose and eating it in its whole form. And there are studies to show that it is definitely beneficial. That's why fruit is fruit because yeah, yeah fructose by itself uh, is high fructose corn syrup and that is super in- uh, inflammatory. Yeah. And um yeah, I love eating fruit whole. I often do smoothies for my fruits first. I typically do smoothies for fruits. And then if I'm juicing, it's more of a green juice or something like that. Um, but the benefits of juicing I like are that you can get a whole, I can get a whole head of celery in like a, a two pint glass and that's really medicinal. So it's very medicinal, I think, to start juicing and adding in organic greens or organic celery. Um, I don't like doing non-organic because it will concentrate the, uh, the amount of pesticides that you're consuming all at once or wash them really, really, really well. And just be really careful of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, if you're doing a juice feast though, and you're, and you're just doing salt, you're cutting out all solid foods, the fruit juices are important to add in for the getting in enough calories 
So not everybody should do a juice feast, but it is optional if people are interested in doing that. And I would say with that, if you are gonna juice for a certain amount of days, you do wanna get enough calories and the fruit helps you get enough calories. Grapes and oranges and apples all help you kind of so that you're not going under your calorie needs for the day. If you are doing a solid juice vacation or solid food vacation, you do wanna not, you don't wanna also go under calories. Like you wanna get enough calories and it's not, it's not cutting out calories. It's just getting those calories from liquids. So that the is the line that I would say you definitely would want to juice fruits during that time. Hmm. Okay. But that's not for everybody. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. This episode of Now Boarding a Travel and Tourism Podcast is supported by Podcast Melting Pot Collection, which is an inspiring podcast series covering journeys of culturally diverse and passionate individuals. And it also envisions to be a leading platform for motivational storytelling that inspires listeners from all walks of life. Okay, so um, can you, uh, you know, just some people who have influenced you um, in your your journey yeah. of, you know, becoming a health coach and, I mean, the fact that you yourself had a personal transformation in the way you ate because um and and your lifestyle because of your illness and how you saw this documentary and how it changed your life but um for you on your journey as a health coach um are there people who have influenced you mm-hmm. um yes when i first started out um the I'd watched Forks Over Knives and I love some of the doctors in there, but I'm not, the only doctor I can remember his name is Dr. Colin Campbell. Um, he was amazing. He wrote the Forks, he wrote the China study or he did the study, the China study. I'm not sure if he actually wrote the book, but he also wrote the book whole. And he's an amazing, amazing person. And the other person around the same time that I was listening to that I heard of from different two different people, you know, first I watched the documentary and then someone mentioned this other doctor was um, Dr. Robert Morse. And he's the one that really got me interested in the raw side of plant-based living because um, plant-based in a lot of the conventional way that it's being taught in, in America from a lot of the documentaries, it can be cooked or raw. It doesn't really matter. And to be honest, if it's low fat, it often has the same results. A high, a low fat plant-based cooked diet often gets more healing benefits than a high fat raw vegan diet. So you do want to do low fat on either end if you're healing from a chronic illness. But I do love that. I do love that the enzymes and the living power of nutrients that you get on raw veganism. So that's what Dr. Robert Morris talked about that he talked about how fruit has this electricity in it that can heal your body that, that was amazing and he advocates for a whole food whole food he doesn't juice he doesn't you know he says eat the whole grapes eat the whole apple eat the whole pineapple um so he was really amazing and he I went to several of his classes I was certified under him I I think I got his level one and level two and then years later I did level two again so um, he's amazing. Um, all of his classes are online now. They're, none of them are in person, but I was lucky enough to go to the in-person ones. And um, through him, you know, learned a lot about the herbal supplements and being able to get people on a protocol that can really jumpstart their healing process. Mm-hmm. So I love his herbs. I actually have some of them like right, right here, uh, like wow. the strong heart blend and stuff. Cause we have a little, um, a little dog that we just found out has some, like some heart failure. So I think herbal way, herbal is the way to go. So we're going to see about doing like just one drop in her, in her food. Yeah. Um, and just start her on a couple herbs to really just give her a boost. So I have the herbs right in front of me right here. Cause we're going to start on that. Soon. 
Um, but yeah, I love Dr. Morse. And then online, I was following Fully Raw Christina and Dan McDonald because they had great videos at the time. Those were really the only big raw vegan names around when, back when I was starting. Um, and since then, gosh, there's so many different people that I've noticed were have amazing information and content. Um, I do love Shane Sterling. I really think he has a well-balanced approach to plant-based raw, raw vegan diet. And I think those are the ones that really, really have impacted me the most. Um, oh, and Anthony William is not, um, he's, he is incredible. Um, he's written the medical medium and life-changing foods and um, brain saver. And uh, he's written about six or seven books now. Phenomenal. I recommend reading all of them as far as addressing chronic illnesses in America and what people are really struggling with. Mystery illnesses, you know, um, if people have chronic fatigue, if they have fibromyalgia, if they have PCOS, if they have mystery weight gain, if they have autism, if they have ADHD, all of these things he really addresses and talks about what the underlying cause is and how to heal it instead of how to mask it. Yeah. And it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. His information. I highly recommend him. And so with people, when I work with them, I do incorporate medical medium practices and herbs into their diet. And I've seen, I've just seen so many two, you know, great examples of women who have really practiced the lifestyle that he recommends and healed from the most insane chronic illnesses, you know, just flat on their backs with pain, mystery, you know, weight gain, inflammation, um, just like on their deathbeds. And then they start incorporating <laughs> celery juice, smoothies and spinach and their, uh, and herbal supplements and low fat. And they are, able to just live their life and be completely functioning and that is something to be said about what he's recommending because if it works for them it can work for anybody in, right. the, in the world exactly yeah yeah so it's it's definitely natural healing right um yeah that, you know that, yeah uh, over and it may take time but eventually mm -hmm. you do see results. And um, mm -hmm. so any one or two examples of, you've mentioned, of course, uh, you know, how a couple of women who kind of recovered completely following um, following the other, um, uh, uh, you know, the, the sort of, what's the term? Uh, Anyways, my point is that um, um, a couple of examples that you can share, uh, because we're talking about you here, um, on uh, how you have seen people who've come to you get healed um, mm -hmm. with your, you know, therapy or diet or whatever it may be. And what mm -hmm. kind of, um, you know, problems did they come with? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I have two great, great examples. Uh, the first one came with diabetes and she was already eating um, very well, but um, we worked on tweaking a few things to really make it impactful as far as continuing to lower her, her insulin resistance and her sugar levels. And um, she lost a lot of, a lot of weight from beginning to end. We worked together for about three months. And um, I'm not I'm not sure at this time what her insulin levels had dropped down to, but I think they dropped down from being, and she wasn't using medication. She was using diet to drop her insulin levels. And she had gotten by herself. She did all of this, you know, and she had already started long before I came into the picture, but we worked together for three months, but she got herself down from the beginning. I think her numbers were easily an average of 200 to 300 when she would check them in the morning to being like 120, 130 in the morning when she would check them on a fasting, you know, as she woke up in the morning. Um, 
she was amazing just getting her insulin levels checked under under control by herself with smoothies and fruit juices and salads and she just wouldn't waver from that she just stuck stuck the path and then saw that number steadily 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 decline and that was amazing to see and then um I had someone who was working with their PCOS and also insulin resistance and mystery weight gain and all of those things and um their weight loss journey has been very interesting because the chronic illnesses were so kind of locked in that those were the first to be addressed. And then she saw some weight gain, but the weight gain has been slower. And she, but, but as far as the benefits of what she was doing, just didn't even compare to, you know, you start out and you want to lose weight. And then all of a sudden you're on this lifestyle and her anxiety was lower and she stopped having headaches. Um, she stopped having migraines when every, monthly cycle month my migraines and um you know skin tags which you mentioned had started subsiding and those are related to insulin resistance and uh insulin resistance was clearing up and all these things as a benefit and you know your skin is glowing and you have more energy and you can go into work and you don't have anxiety about that project the next day and you're able to have energy and she was able to have energy to move into an apartment and to deal with, you know, working full time, moving X, Y, Z family all at once. And was like, wow, I'm managing this instead of if, if this were five months ago, I would be, you know, okay. on yeah. the floor. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Just the, the incorporating of that, of the lifestyle of she switched over. She was eating a plant-based diet. And I, you know, one of the things I teach is if you are going to have fat, um, continue to have a fat-free diet throughout the day. If you're trying to lose weight, let your liver detoxify from like 8 a.m. to 2. So you can have fat. I recommend that in a salad at night, um, like a an awesome dressing on your salad. Make that really delicious and enjoyable. But during the day, have your smoothies, have your fruits, have your celery juices, have your lemon waters, have dates and celery, like all those things, but keep it fat-free that will help with the weight loss because when people add in fat during the day, often what's plateauing them. Um, so she had amazing results as well. One of my favorite ever clients uh, to work with, just and so incredible. And she's continuing so to, she's continuing to follow your, your regime, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. She's at it. She's killing it. She's doing all. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah, no. And I think for you as well, a sense of fulfillment um, when you've actually uh, worked with someone and you, you, you see results. Um, I think you, you know, you probably um, feel like it's worth doing what you're doing because um, you healed yourself. And now with your experience, you have the ability um to heal others as well um mm -hmm. and it's, it's you know i think it's um it's very simple as long as you're in initially it can be uh you know someone would who comes to you and may say oh, but why should i have celery um why should i be juicing celery in the morning every day or why should you know what and and then eventually i think once it becomes a way of life and people start to see the difference um, within themselves and like you mentioned your client who suddenly was um, so much more energetic and she was and I can see that you you're drinking your is that your smoothie <laughs> my morning smoothie. your morning smoothie every morning um, and what and what my is, what's in your smoothie and this one this morning is simple. I was rushing uh, to get the dishes done so that they wouldn't be in the background of the video. But uh, this is really simple. It's bananas and um, pink pa uh, pink dragon fruit. Um, so pitaya, which you can do in powder or whole frozen, and vanilla. And so simple, so tasty. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Nice. So, uh, it's just um, like a... Personally, what um, in a day, um, like what kind of 
a meal plan do you have for yourself? What is it that you do personally? That's a great question. Um, this has been switching and changing for me since I have been in a relationship for seven months now and he wasn't plant-based when we started dating, interested in being plant-based. I never pushed that on him or said he had to, but I just said, hey, I'll make your meals for you uh, if you would like. And he was, of course, accepted because I'm a chef as well. So they're delicious meals. And um, so and he doesn't mind that they're plant-based. So he's I've been making food for him. And so he always starts off with 64 ounces of a smoothie. So it's half gallon. And then he'll make himself, um, I usually have rice on hand for him. And he'll put that over a bed of greens and do rice and kimchi or sauerkraut and uh, avocado and cut up peppers, you know, just make it kind of a mix like that. And I sometimes join him in that. And then for dinner, we usually do, um, we've been doing so. The reason I brought him in is because I started him off and we were doing a lot of raw and he was like, I'm starving. I'm losing weight. I'm, I'm like wasting away. I'm not getting the nutrients I need. And I was, I kind of slowed my thinking down to be like, no, this is the best way. This is what you need. You just need to eat more um, to thinking. I remember 10 years ago when I was switching over from animal proteins to plant proteins, I ate a lot of cooked food. I ate a lot of heavier, like rice and beans and potatoes and, you know, all of those things, because it's almost too, too much to go from eating plant-based or eating animal proteins to eating raw. It's too, it's too light. You're still dealing with the addictive qualities of the, the adrenaline and the meat and the casein and the, in the, in the dairy. Um, you're still cutting those out. Your body's still adjusting to a lot of that. So you need kind of heavier foods and heavier foods are more comfortable for people switching over. And so I was like, okay, he does need more cooked food to feel full, to feel satisfied, to feel nourished. <laughs> yeah. So we started in a lot of, so we do a lot of um, cooked dinners. Um, we do, uh, there's this one I really love. I think it, we do a Moroccan dish um that's got like legumes and carrots and um and then we do this one I'm not different different styles a lot of Mediterranean or Thai um or some African dishes just global you know you just learn different recipes and um but they are more cooked and more heavy and so that being said I've actually gained some weight on doing the cooked food. Um, and I know exactly what to do and I know exactly how to, how yeah. to get back to myself. Yeah. But because we were, because I was transitioning someone else and kind of going back to where I was 10 years ago, instead of where I am today, I have noticed some weight gain. And um, really that's just from a lot more rice than I'm used to and adding in some oils and I don't we don't add in unhealthy oils it's always avocado oil or olive oil or coconut oil but those definitely for my body type slow me down and I get my liver gets really sluggish so I know all those things and it's <laughs> still delicious yeah. um so it's really good and uh <laughs> I think so you're starting You'll probably transition him to, um, you know, to where you are today. Um, in it'll take some time, but I guess eventually, probably yes. you're thinking, okay, I'm gonna get you. To, I'm gonna get you to start enjoying um, uh, raw foods, um, yeah. you know, and uh, uh, I'm sure it'll get to that point. So yes. it's been so interesting. I mean, I could go on and on and on, <laughs> but I guess um, at some point I uh, need to cap the, you know, the, the conversation, but I've really, really enjoyed listening to you and, um, and, you know, even because I, not similar, but I mean, not the same kind of diet, but um, it's quite similar. So I, I can understand 
and I appreciate what it is um, that you're doing and and I admire the ability for you to be able to um, transform other people's lives um, yeah. through your um, you know your your natural way of of um, um, eating and you know um, and and that that's that's quite an interesting um, I think in a, more and more people should um, start to appreciate and understand this and I'm sure they'll be able to see I can see a shift in the thinking um, around the world but I feel um, it's it's it needs to be a lot more than what it is now um, and you know and people like um, you Michelle are making a difference and I think that's so very very important and I'm going to get lots of tips um, from you <laughs> um, and uh, because I know a lot of it is also available um, online so um, before we end if there's anything that you'd like to say and also if people want to uh, reach out to you please just feel free to to mention how they're able to do that yes i'll leave with this um if anyone is wanting to transition to a plant-based diet i always start them out with what i call the 20 to 30 rule which is eating 20 to 30 servings of fruits and vegetables in their day and that blows people's minds because that's so much and then i teach them how um, i have a whole book on it actually it's free and they can get it from my Instagram, which is Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E underscore Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-W. So from my Instagram is the best way to find me because that link in my bio has a ton of different links to all of the different things. That free ebook on the 20 to 30 rule, it's actually called my number one weight loss solution or strategy, something like that, but it's free. I love it. But I tell people to crowd out the bad food. So people are typically used to eating, especially here in the United States, one serving of fruits and vegetables a day. So that means they're eating a lot of pizza, a lot of lasagna, a lot of processed food. They're eating burgers. And this is their typical fried food, takeout, all of those things. So I say crowd out the bad food. So if your dinner is typically a whole pizza, why don't you start with a giant salad, make it 10 servings of fruits and vegetables, and you eat that first. So before you eat anything else, you get in your 10 servings in that one meal of fruits and vegetables. And then if you have room for anything else, go for it, eat it. Because <laughs> you're still getting in the 30 servings of fruits and vegetables, and those are gonna impact your diet. Those are gonna change your thought process. Those are gonna change your, the, your gut microbiome, which is in turn gonna increase your immunity, which is in turn gonna increase the way that your body and brain is able to function and think. So start with just, you eat the plants first, and then if you have room, eat, eat other things. And I think that helps a lot of people transition because they're not cutting anything out. They're just adding things in. And then I also recommend for people to start, you know, getting in the kitchen and making their own food. and trying to find dishes that are naturally vegan or plant-based. Um, for example, pizza is really hard to start eating a vegan pizza. I don't even eat vegan pizza because a cheeseless pizza without any meat on it is disgusting. Yeah. And nobody would want that. So I tell people eat Thai food. Thai food is naturally dairy-free. Eat Chinese food, naturally dairy-free. Anything Asian, amazing. Uh, Mediterranean is often dairy-free, often vegan. Yeah. You know, there's so many dishes. I went to Egypt and they eat very Mediterranean and I was able to maintain a fully plant-based diet just on the food that they eat yeah. because they have so many plant-based sides. So I tell people to switch over to cuisines that are naturally, they naturally don't have the things in them that you're trying to avoid because then you're not missing anything. You're not like, oh, this you know, this taco would be really good with some sour cream on it, you know, but I also recommend you add um, one of your questions earlier was um, 
what is a, some dairy alternatives? Yeah. And my favorite dairy alternative for people is a cashew cream. So with cashew cream, it's very versatile and you can make a few adjustments and turn it into a million different things. So the first thing is if you do cashews, lemon, garlic, and salt, super simple. And you add a little black pepper and that can be an Alfredo. If you add a little mustard, that can be a sour cream or a mayo. If you take out the garlic and take out a little bit of the salt and you add a sweetener, that can be a, a, a whipped cream topping. So it's a sweet cream. Um, and if you, um, let's see, how many different things did I turn into? If you add to, so to the savory one with the garlic, if you add a little bit of dill or, um, I think I just add dill and parsley and it's ranch dressing. So there's so many, this basic recipe, you can turn into ranch dressing, sour cream, mayo, like a, a, a dessert cream yeah. or an Alfredo sauce. It's amazing. So those are, it covers all your bases. Yeah. And then you don't need to do dairy. And the more people cut out dairy and the, the better they will feel. The dairy in the United States is extremely, extremely processed. There's a whole deep dive I could go into that but just cutting out dairy people will feel better but yeah do substitutes make your own try a few things there's a really cool mac and cheese type in like vegan mac and cheese recipes online and they have this really awesome like creamy cashew cream but they add carrots to it to make it bright orange so delicious mm -hmm. so there's all these different delicious things Pinterest I tell people get a Pinterest account I actually have a Pinterest account and if you go to it my food section has over 900 recipes, not my own, but just recipes that I've saved that are plant-based recipes. Every single, I would say 99% of them. And if they weren't plant-based, it's because I was intending to make them and do some substitutions. Right. So, you know, just finding, making a Pinterest account and going online and find typing in vegan food or plant-based food and just start saving them to a folder. Yeah. Um, that's what I recommend for people yeah. to transition. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And yes. My handle, Michelle underscore Deborah, is the best way to find me. I would love to hear from anyone. That's how my team found you, in fact. <laughs> so um, my team kind of, uh, found, they were so kind of impressed with your your handle. And then they asked me the information. Of course, you know, I kind of researched you and I figured, yes, Michelle, I will talk to for sure. <laughs> Thank you. I am so honored. That's amazing. <laughs> and yeah, and you know, just very quickly, I wanted to add that uh, you, because you mentioned Thai food, Chinese food, mm -hmm. I think for, for, for me living in this part of the world, um, truly is, um, is just amazing because, um, you know, like you mentioned kimchi, I mean, there are so many uh, healing properties in in a lot of the food, um, which, of course, there's a lot of rice. And of course, there's, you know, um, a lot of, um, like in Chinese food, there's a lot of meat as well, pork, they eat a lot of pork. But if you eliminate all of that, there is, there's a lot of vegetables that are a lot of, there are a lot of greens, um, you know, there's kimchi, there's Japanese food is just amazing. You can have sashimi, you know, it's just, um, it's, it's like a haven when it comes to people like, like us who are very conscious about what we eat and what goes into our body. And, and so the fact that you're incorporating that and you're talking about that as well is, is, is quite interesting, you know, and I, um and and i think more and more people should like you mentioned um definitely be and and there are simple ways of doing it you know you don't have it's not elaborate it's just um and it's not like uh, stressful or painful you can just very gradually incorporate these minor changes which ev eventually can um uh, help you lead a much healthier and I would say happier life. <laughs> yeah. so, um, I agree. Yeah. So great. Thank you so much, Michelle. It was like I'm saying, saying Thank it again. You. It was lovely talking to you. Thank you. You also, I can't wait for this to be 
um, broadcast it. I can't wait to post it and just let people listen. Thanks. And I think what you're doing is wonderful, interviewing people from all over the world, all different walks of life, and just shining light on that. It's so exciting. <laughs> Thank you. It's just, um, you know, I feel like every conversation is important. Um, every conversation has um, a message and, you know, if it, and the ability to inspire people. And um, if, if my two shows are able to do that, I'm happy to provide um, a platform for people. And, um, and yeah, and, and, you know, I get to talk to people like you and people who are um, doing so much good. Um, and whether it's, you know, social change, I mean, everyone's making a difference. And, and, and I think for me as well, personally, it's such a learning. Um, every conversation I have, it, you know, I, I kind of um, reflect on and um, it helps me become a better person as well. So yeah. thank you so much again, Michelle. Thank you. Take care. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Have a wonderful night. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this episode of Now Boarding, a travel podcast. Check out other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And of course, don't forget to share your thoughts with us. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes only on Now Boarding, a travel podcast.